Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. You want to figure out how to make more profit? You want to figure out your daily practice? Like, what's my daily routine? Don't start with those three things. Start with your people first. When we put people first, people are our purpose. Serving people well, helping them get unstuck is our purpose. And when we live out that purpose, we get paid, right? People pay us to help them get unstuck. It's amazing how that works. If you feel like your life or career is stuck in a rut, this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join us as we have a conversation with Brian Dixon. Brian Dixon believes that we're all here made for a purpose, and he helps you clarify what your calling is and discover who your audience is. So if you're looking to start a podcast, a business, be an author, Brian and his platform and his coaching services actually can help you identify and create the clarity that you need so that you can succeed. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving. In that case, we need you to stay safe. But before we begin, if you haven't already subscribed to our show, go ahead and do that. So whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it. If you're listening to our show from the internet right now, there is a way for you to subscribe. Go ahead and click that button so you never miss an episode. And if you don't like our show, you can always unsubscribe. But anyway, just make sure you don't miss an episode. That's the key thing. Now that you've done that and we're ready to rock and roll, let's begin. Here we go. All right, Brandon, how are you holding up with our batch recording day the long one seven in the day i'm feeling good i i grabbed a couple of bites of some food and uh i'm ready to go awesome i'm i'm feeling it too this is awesome i'm glad we're doing it <laughs> so you went with I'm, fasting i went with yeah, my normal I, I eating schedule of, i should have eaten i ate a lot yeah but <laughs> no I'm, I'm enjoying it this is awesome and we have calling in from charlotte north carolina brian dixon i met brian i already said this in the intro that no one's heard yet well actually they have heard because by the time they hear this they will have heard it but we haven't recorded it yet. Back to the future inception right there. Anyway, we got Brian Dixon here uh, calling in from Charlotte, North Carolina. How are you doing, Brian? Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to serve you guys and to serve your listeners. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, as I said in the intro, which hasn't been recorded now yet. Now you're admitting it. I'm, okay. I'm just going to admit it now. <laughs> uh, you reached out to us as we were getting ready to go to Podcast Movement, and you emailed us at the Beyond the Rut email. And then Brandon actually got that email to me in the nick of time. Uh, so this is like nice. the fuller story because I'm in my hotel room, like the end of the first day and Brandon says, Hey, have you seen this? And I'm like, no, you check that email, not me. So <laughs> no, I haven't seen this. And it was an invitation from you to do an interview on your show and That's right. that you were going to be a podcast movement. You got a booth set up and here's some time slots. You've got to, you know, click this link to set up a time slot. And I'm like, this is podcast movement. Like all the slots are filled at everything. Like we just missed an opportunity and I'm like, click on it anyway, see what happens. So I did it and there was like one or two spots left. I'm like, nice. I'm taking that one right there. Boom. And I got, it, it was like on the Thursday and it was like second to last spot. And I'm like, that's a miracle because everything else everywhere is all booked. So the fact that it's open, I'm taking it. And you had a really cool booth set up at podcast movement. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, it was really, it was really fun. You know, I've, I've been to so many conferences and spoken at so many conferences that, you know, you kind of get like conference fatigue. Like every, everybody's trying to do this really fancy trade show booth or, or have these really artificial conversations. And, and what, what I've learned about conferences, like a pot, uh, legit conferences like podcast movement, social media marketing world, traffic and conversion summit, a lot of those kind of, uh, conferences, they have the recordings available. So what I do is I'll just pay a little extra. I'll, I'll make sure I get the recordings and then I don't go to any sessions at all. I didn't go to one session of podcast movement. I, I just try to connect with people and like have legit conversations. And I figured since it's a podcaster conference, why not actually record the conversations and, you know, meet some really interesting people and go a little deeper. So it was really fun to get to know you, Jerry, a little bit, hear, hear your vision for the show and, and, you know, talk about life and leadership and manhood. And, you know, I'm just really excited to be here and to, to serve you guys. Yeah. And it was a blast, Brendan. You, you missed it. Uh, I, I hear it was terrible and there was no reason to be there. But. Uh, jealousy again. So, Brian, tell us a little bit about you, how you got started in uh, the entrepreneurial field, but also in uh, podcasting. Yeah, it's a great question. Thanks for asking it. You know, I, I was, uh, I was a teacher. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, doing the, the, the regular sort of commute to work, like many people do, getting there a little early, get set up for the day, you know, deliver the work. So for me, it was teaching classroom, you know, teaching in the classroom, teaching students. And, uh, and then eventually, you know, kind of going home at night, like doing, doing that, working for a boss. And I just, honestly, I just kept getting in trouble. Like I, I, I kept, Thinking of ways to engage the kids, because I was a middle school teacher for a long time, for almost seven years, middle school and high school. And like, they, there's, they're really squirrely, right? And, uh, just to try to keep them focused. Um, and so we would do projects. So like, I was, a, I was, at first I was an English teacher, which sounds horrible. And, uh, and, and so like, how do you get seventh grade boys to like actually read a novel, right? Like you've got to act it out. You've got to bring some sorts. Like you've got to film a movie version of it. You know, we would record the audio version. So kids would take turns with microphones. And I just started using more technology in the classroom. Uh, but when I'm doing these things to keep kids engaged and interesting or interested, you know, the teacher across the hall that's teaching the same thing is like lecturing from the front of the room and everybody's falling asleep. And I'm like, I don't want that for, for my students, you know, can you guys relate? Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I do training in the corporate world and that's the tack oh we God. usually take is the PowerPoint, you know, death by yeah. PowerPoint. And I'm like, Oh, and here I am with my degree and background. And I, I go into that meeting. I'm like, you realize we don't have to lecture. Yeah. No. PowerPoint's the worst. You know, we could gamify this. <laughs> no, we're a serious corporation. We can't play games. I'm like, you know, the game can teach. We must lecture before they play the game. No, we don't. If you set the game up right, like Monopoly, yeah. you can teach. And so, so, so this rut was, it was a productive rut, but it, it was one you knew you just couldn't last in long term. Oh, I couldn't. No, I, you know, it, it always happened that I'd, as a, as a teacher, you have like five bosses, right? You're going to have like the, the grade level administrator, your subject level administrator, your school administrator, the district administrator, like you'd have all these bosses. And usually there was like one boss that loved me and just thought I was very innovative and creative. And then everybody else like tolerated me, you know, and somewhere along the way, right? 
Because I just wasn't, I mean, I was the guy that would like, I'd hand in my grades late because I don't care about grades. I care about kids learning. Like, are they actually learning? Like, are they actually able to do something as a result of my class? Not, were they able to memorize something? So I kept getting in trouble and I realized either I need to change, like the system needs to change or I need to change. And I I felt like I was onto, onto a good method, a good method that would engage kids using technology. And so the system had to change and it's hard to change the system from, from inside it, right? Um, Clayton Christensen calls it the, the innovator's dilemma. Like it's really hard to change the system from inside. You've got to be an outsider. Um, and it's a, you know, even, even Jesus talked about it, like a prophet in his own town, right? Nobody listens to somebody from your local town. You got to be from out of town, you know? So, um, so, I, you know, long story short, I had the opportunity to start my own school. Uh, it's, it's a charter school. So it's a public school that is funded by public dollars, but it's run by a, uh, by an elected board. So essentially it's, it's like a private business running a public infrastructure. Uh, and the nice thing about that is you can make lean decisions like, like a startup. So, so I got to be the founder, the CEO and founder of a charter school startup in, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And so we moved, we, we were living in San Diego. I got my doctorate uh, there and, uh, and moved to Baton Rouge, Louisiana and started the school. I was there for almost five years, uh, five years total, but, but four and a half years of the school. Uh, and I just kept, that was kind of, that became my rut. It, it was a rut that I had built myself, you know? So I built the road for the school. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I was able to, to get it off the ground, recruit the teachers, recruit the students, um, get it going and get it kind of stable. And then I just realized like I'm stuck now. Like I need a new challenge. And so that's probably if I think about what rut was I in, it was probably that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. There's so many ruts we've talked about on the show that they're not necessarily created by somebody else. You create your right. own ruts, but it, and they're not all bad. Some ruts are good. It's just you need to, at some point, either be thrown out of it or get yourself out of it so you can go innovate and do something different. So what happened to, to cause you to chase something else that just that fed that innovation kind of side of you? Oh, that's such a great question. You know, I think I was bored. I, I, it's taken me a couple of years to realize that because there was always a lot to do, but it started to get monotonous. Like it was the same budget meeting and the same conversation with a teacher who was having a difficult time and the same recruiting cycle and the same standardized testing and the same talk about the building issues. And I was like, there's some, like, this is not my zone of genius. You know, like, like what I'm really good at is seeing opportunity. And we just stopped. We just ran out of opportunity. Like I, we had chased the opportunity that we had in front of us. We, we had gotten the thing off the ground. 
And, and now it was a matter of more executing on a strategy and I'm a strategist. So I love coming up with the ideas and, and starting the ideas, like really pushing through the limiting beliefs that people have to get it going. But the sustainability part is just so boring, you know, where other people love it. Like if it's their love language is stable and my love language is risk. Like I'd rather take the big jump and maybe it works and maybe it doesn't. But the adventure of it uh, is so much more rewarding than having a stable um, a stable position. And I was in the most stable position because I was, I was unfireable. It was my organization. I had an elected board, but I, I knew them well. And, and even if they fired me, I had a really long road of, um, like a severance package. And, and I realized like I could stay here. For, I created my own golden handcuffs and I could stay here forever. And it's that, that moment that I realized I need to go. <laughs> That's such a great way of looking at it. And I'm sure somebody's listening, thinking, I've never thought of it that way. But a lot of times those golden handcuffs are ones we put on ourselves. And oh, yeah. and getting beyond that rut, we talk about the security. Benefits are too good. The pay's too good. My wife's happy. The kids are happy. I can't leave. But the real entrepreneurial spirit or that innovative spirit is is I'm like you. I get bored in the, in the success of it. I want to, yeah. I want to play in the risk part of it. Let's see if it fails or let's see if we can make it work. And then after it works, I'm like, okay, good. You, you guys do that. I'm going to go over here and do something new. That's right. Yeah. An entrepreneur needs to be very comfortable with ambiguity, you know, comfortable not knowing if it's going to work or not. And I, I thrive on ambiguity and, and, and I didn't realize that here's the point for the, those of you guys listening, like, you have a zone of genius. Like you have something that's really, ob it's obvious to you, but it's magic to other people. And, and to take the time to really explore what it is. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite exercises is just posting on Facebook. I challenged somebody yesterday to do this. I said, post on Facebook, you know, what is Jerry Duggan good at? Question mark. And Jerry, you post that on your Facebook, you know, Brandon, you say, what is Brandon Cunningham, Cunningham good at? And then you post that on your Facebook and it's going to feel weird because it's like I'm asking in the third person for myself. But I, I challenged somebody to do this yesterday. She did it. And when I last checked, she had 22 comments, 22 people told her what she's good at. And she's been stuck in a job for, for years. And, and so there's something that you know how to do that other people are like, how does he do that? Like, how does he keep his lawn so nice? Or how does he love his wife so well? Or how does he teach his kids sports in such an amazing way? Or how does he find time to volunteer for church? Like whatever the thing is that you can do, it's probably not what you're getting paid for right now. And, and I believe that there's more impact and there's more income by doing the thing you're really, really good at than the thing you're probably getting paid for by a company right now. That's, that's, so true and you can't see it as well as other people can you know my wife's that's an right. accountant and she just thinks in terms of numbers that's just the way she sees things driving down mm -hmm. the road or just tv whatever it is and her sister said that last night she goes everything you do is in terms of numbers you just see things that way and and yep. my wife's like how do you not and it's like two different languages or cultures it's like i never thought of it that way but exploring that you have to go outside of yourself to see that sometimes. Yeah, That's it, took, right. it took my wife pointing out to me that I seem to have a gifting around educating for right. me to accept that. Cause I was a realtor at the time we were struggling cause you know, that's when the market turned yeah. and I turned to her and I said, I need to go and use my GI bill and get a master's degree. And she's like, well, what do you want to study? And I'm like, 
And I'm thinking, well, every business person has an MBA. I need to get an MBA. And so <laughs> I said that to her and she looked at me funny. She said, no, I don't think that's what you need to get. And I'm like, well, what do you think then? Like the tone in my voice was Miss Smarty Pants. <laughs> and she looked at me and she, and she said, you need to get a master's related to education and training somehow. And I'm like, what does she know? And I'm like, wait a sec. <laughs> she knows you a right. little bit. Wait. And then like everything like fell like a domino, mm-hmm. kind of like the time when she told me that she'd been hitting on me for three months. And I was like, like when? And she said, well, this example, I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of sad. That's all flirting. She goes, yeah. And then like all the dominoes <laughs> fell, like every moment in my life I'd been hit on, but never noticed it. And I was like, oh, this is one of those moments. See, I get so, hit on a lot. So I yeah, noticed. Yeah, it. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm clueless when it comes to that. Now I've been married, so I don't need to know. Uh, but yeah, so it just hit me like, okay, I'll, I'll go pursue and, and I wound up getting a master's in educational technology and I love the work I do. And the podcasting just ties into that. I'm like, yeah. So, I mean, it did take listening to my wife. I think that's the short <laughs> yeah. story is I listen to my listen wife. Listen to your wife. <laughs> yes. Um, longer story is that third person looking in. Yeah. So what brought you to Charlotte from Baton Rouge, Louisiana? Yeah. So I, like one of the things that I did as the school was getting started, uh, and it's, it's a longer story, but you know, in, in Baton Rouge, there's, there's, you know, big racial divide. There's, there's socioeconomic issues. You know, there's, there's some Southern poverty issues. And, and, and long story short, it was, it was hard to fill our school with a diverse group of kids. You know, like we had a, a, one group of kids that were really excited about our school, but it was, it was difficult to have a really diverse student class. And, uh, and I realized that the traditional system isn't going to support us. Like no, no principal was letting us come to their middle school to try to recruit our students. So I needed to figure out marketing. Like I needed to figure out how do I market this, this important project? How do I market this message? And that's where I, I discovered Facebook ads, believe it or not. So I started running Facebook ads to, for our open houses. So we'd have a weekly open house. Um, for the school because the school is publicly funded. So that means like kids have to show up and then we report the numbers to the state and then the state pays us based on the number of kids that actually showed up. So if I didn't have kids, I would have to fire everybody because we'd have no money, you know, and probably lose my job too. And the school would die. And so I had to figure out how do we get this school filled? We needed, I think it was 250 50 kids the first year. How do you get 250 kids to say yes to a brand new school uh, when they're so used to going to, and this was, it was started as a high school. So how do, how do you get them to be attracted to a ninth grade academy, uh, where you don't have a football program, you don't have a sports field, you know, we had to still figure out buses and, and food. And so I discovered the power of Facebook ads, Facebook ads to target, um, students, but Facebook has policies. You can't target anybody under 18 on Facebook <laughs> oh, yeah, ads. True. Yeah. Huh, wait, your that's only true. demographic yeah. is under 18. <laughs> right. But I had to f- recruit 13 year olds because there's, they're, they're upcoming ninth graders. So I was listening to some youth pastor or podcast or something, and they made a joke about how kids lie about their age on social media. And I, I it hit me. I need to advertise to people that are like, a hundred years old, you know? And so I did a little, I did a little search because, because in Facebook, you can say like what audience you want to advertise to. So I said 80 plus, and there were over like 5,000 people in Baton Rouge that were 80 plus. I'm like, there's not that many senior citizens in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I it, I realized that all the seven and eighth graders were lying about their age and they were all 99. 
Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> so I was able to show them the ads and basically say like, hey, and, and uh, we were a digital media academy. So one of the things that the kids get is they get these headphones because they need them for their digital media class. So I said, um, the advertisement was something like, come to the open house for the Mentorship Academy on Thursday night and claim your free pair of headphones. What kid's not going to come to, like, they all want free headphones, right? They lose them all the time. They probably, some of them don't even have any. So parents would come with their kid, you know, because they had to drive them, come to this open house just to get their free headphones. And then my job was to convince the parents that this is the right school for them, for the kids. So that worked. And uh, so I wrote a book about it called called Social Media for School Leaders. I got up on my wall over there. I know this is audio, but Eric, there you go. And um, and. In my first marketing uh, meeting with with the publisher, uh, with my educational publisher, I asked, like, so what's our Facebook ad budget for the for the book? Because that's how I marketed the school. That's how we should market the book. And they laughed. <laughs> they said, we don't we don't spend money on advertising books. Like that's the author's job. And it just hit me that like if I want to get my message out, I need to learn marketing. And and right away, it's like one of those moments, you know, where you see a huge need. And, and I, I remember getting off the call because I was so excited to finally get on this call with my publisher because I was first, first time author. And I left the call kind of sad, but also like I had a new mission and my new mission was helping other authors try to figure out how to market their book. Because, you know, that's when you share your story of struggle, right? When you bring people with you in the journey, you don't just get results for yourself, but you also have a team that, that walks with you. And, and so for a, for a month or two, I was, I was sort of like working with this idea, like, how do I start helping authors? And I started just learning everything I could. So I subscribed to all these podcasts. And one of them was this guy, Michael Hyatt. He was a, right. He, he, he worked for a publisher. He was the, the president of Thomas Nelson Publishing, which is the kind of publisher I'd love to work with one day. And I was listening to his podcast and one of his friends, a guy named Dan Miller, he has a career show called 48 Days of the Work You Love. So I started listening to Dan and, uh, and Dan had a conference coming up and it was called Innovate, like how to find your innovative career. And, uh, and I was like, I got to go to that because that's going to help me figure out how to how to do this thing that I want to do. Like, I do I go work for a publisher? Do I do I go work, work for a marketing agency? Do I do it on the side? Do I start my own thing? Like, I didn't know the direction. So I'm on the plane. Like a couple months later, I'm on the plane flying from from Baton Rouge to, to Nashville, Tennessee to go to this Dan Miller conference and listening to Michael Hyatt's podcast that had just launched. And Mike said, um, you know, we're, we're growing our team. And we're looking for somebody to help us with our online courses, somebody with maybe an educational technology background, which I have a doctorate in educational technology, somebody who has worked in education, but also loves marketing. And like, the more he talked about the job, the more I was like, that's me, like, it's me, you know, and Mike's based in Nashville. So, so as I'm literally flying to Nashville, I'm like, I need to try to meet him. But how do you meet somebody as luminary as Michael Hyatt? Like, what do you do? You know? So I go to, I go to Dan's conference the next day. I'm sitting there in the front row, taking notes, trying to learn how to live, leave my job, how to start my thing. We're about an hour in. And then Dan says, Oh, uh, our special guest just pulled up. Everybody, please welcome, opens the door. Please welcome Michael Hyatt. And Michael walks in. And it was like this amazing, it was this amazing moment of like being in the right place at the right time. I'm a person of faith. So I just think it was a God thing of like, like I had to take the, 
that step of faith. And then there he was, you know, and I got to know him and I really got to know his, his speaker manager at the time, another Brian. And so Brian and I hit it off. And, and I, and I was offered a contract. I was offered a six month contract to help build these online courses with the Michael Hyatt team. And that was the, that was the opportunity that got me to, to, to move on from my, from my position and to get going and start my own thing. I love that uh, story because breaking it down a little bit, it's like you had to take some steps. You had to ask some questions of yourself and kind of review where you're at. But then mm-hmm. you also had to put yourself, you know, we like to say I was in the right place at the right time. No, you put yourself in a place where yes. God could use you or other people or whatever the circumstances right. were to make those things happen. And sometimes we're wanting things to happen or, you know, if, if you're someone of faith, you're, you're praying for it to happen, but you're not putting yourself there. You know, That's I right. really want to meet Michael Hyatt. I can't stand in my bedroom every day and pray about it. He's never going to right. come by my house. I've got to go somewhere right. where he might be and put yourself in that position. That's right. You you know, something I've learned since then, and I, I attribute, I think it was, uh, it was Derek Halpern, I think I, I first learned from, or maybe Jeff Goins, uh, who spoke at Mike's conference when I, when I was working with the team, because I got to go to their conferences and work their conferences. So I learned from all these amazing, amazing people. Um, I think it's Jeff who says, um, become your mentor's best student. And so for those of you that are, those of you that are a little stuck right now that are listening and you're thinking, if only I could meet Pat Flynn, you know, if only I could, uh, uh, meet Dave Ramsey, like go be the best Dave Ramsey, uh, success story that's, that's ever been around. Like go get yourself out of debt, follow his program, sign up for all his courses, go to his live event, become a certified coach. You know, go follow their program. And, and I got to tell you, like, I've now been doing this online full time for six years. I know my best students. Like, I know the members of my mastermind. I know the people that are part of our, our writing community called Hope Writers. I know the people that are on my book launch team. Like, I know the people that are following my plan and that are my best students. And I want to support every single one of them. They're the ones that I, I make an introduction to an influencer. They're the ones that we have a meetup when I'm speaking at a conference. And in the same way, you guys listening right now, if you're in a J-O-B, a just over broke, you know, you're in a job you hate and, and you see, I'd love to work with this influencer. I'd love to work with this person. I know you guys had, had my buddy Jared Easley on a few episodes ago. You know, Jared says, stop chasing influencers. So don't go chase them, right? Learn under them, apprentice with them, even if they've never met you, buy their course, follow their program, listen to their podcast, and what will happen is you'll get results. And of course, it helps them when you reach out to them and say, you know, I I sent this to a a mentor of mine the other day, Cameron Harold, who wrote an amazing book called Double Double about how to double your business and double your profits. I sent him a message on Instagram. He and I never met before. And I sent him a message and I said, um, Cameron, you changed my life. That's all I said. Cameron, you've changed my life. So, you know, he doesn't respond for like three days, right? And then he sends me a message back. It's like, how? That's the only thing he said, how? And I wrote it back and I said, well, let me, and I went like this book, here's what I learned. Here's how it applied. Here's how it grew our profits. This book, here's what I learned. Here's like, I gave him this detailed analysis of how his work has impacted me. 
The next thing he did is he friend requested me on Facebook and he sent me a personal message and he's like, Brian, you made my day. What can I do to support you? Thank you so much. Now he comments on all my stuff. Like, it's really funny. I sent him, I've got a new book coming out called, called Start With Your People. Um, I missed, I missed it probably by like three months. He probably would have endorsed it if, if I, if I had reached out to him earlier, but I sent him a copy of it. You know, like I got his address. Like he's like, we are, I would call him an online friend now because I'm a success story of his work. And you guys listening right now, that's my number one strategy to get beyond the rut. Go be a case study, go implement, and then let your person know that you did what they said. What's next? And what was his home address? (laughs) (laughs) He's actually Canadian, but he sent me the Phoenix address. And then it hit me like, wait, he lives in two places. I'm like, I never even thought about having two houses. Like that's how... Right. That's how that's how following our influencers or, or our mentors like helps us level up our life. I was listening to an old Jim Rohn like video on YouTube the other day, and he talked about how one of his goals was to have a house for every season. And I was like, wait a second, because because I'm you know, I grew up as a Christian. So I've got some money mindset issues of like, you should only have one house. You should be a good steward. You should give the money to all the missionaries and everything. And I'm like Jim Rohn was a pretty solid believer, like this is interesting. He had four houses. And I, I, I bet you, you know what? He probably let all kinds of people stay at those houses when he wasn't there. Like he probably, you know, gave more than ever, anybody before. Like, so just think about like, who is it that has what you would love to have? And then instead of judging them, go, go follow their plan and tell them about the results that you got. Right. And, and, uh, my pastor said the other day, instead of looking at how to, how to level up our, our level of, uh, our, our living, right. Our, our, um, yeah, our level of living, look, look at leveling up our level of giving and, and right. If we just focus on that, one of my buddies told me the other uh, month or two ago, he said, you know, Brian, my personal goal is to become the, 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 Mo- the the highest donor right the biggest donor for my church right that's a goal that's a goal i want to i want to follow right amazing and as a pastor i want all of our listeners that especially that go to my church <laughs> you try to reach that goal of being the number right. one giver but i totally understand <laughs> what you're saying we've kind of grown up with this mentality of to be a really good christian you should be humble and poor and you know just serving but we need yeah. people that can make a major impact on the kingdom we need you to be successful so you can make yeah. a major impact not just in money but just teaching people to be more god created you for more Mm -hmm. and you're just barely getting by in a job that wasn't the point that doesn't teach people that christianity is something you should be a part of because other people see it and go well you're supposed to be poor and give everything away and serve no we're supposed to be abundant and bold and confident and you can't do that if you're just going to a job you hate every day and it's going back to that zone of genius that Brian talked about earlier. Mm. You know, we all have our gifts. We all have that thing that we've been, yeah, gifted and talented with. Yep. That's to serve a, a greater purpose to Absolutely. make the world a better place and give the world a glimpse of what heaven is like. You know, there you and go. so, yeah, I'm not meant to be a, a great accountant. Um, and, I don't want to be. I don't want to be. So, uh, I'm okay with that. I've got good accounting friends and an accountant wife. I'm good with that. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to be a politician. Um, so, uh, Brian, if people wanted to connect with you and figure out how to get, uh, under your mentorship and learn from you and also your books, what's the best way to do that? 
Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I, I love, I love your show because that's what I'm about. I'm about helping people get unstuck. You guys are about helping people live beyond the rut. Like that sounds like synchronous, right? That, that sounds like that lines up. So on my website, briandixon.com, right at the top, I have, uh, what's called a clarity quiz, 30 seconds to get unstuck. And if you're feeling stuck right now, I think there's four, four ways you're stuck. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you where they are. There's four ways you're stuck. And the quiz will show you which one. And then I made a video that says, okay, this is how you're stuck right now. And here's one thing you can do today to move forward. So yeah, hop on my website, briandixon.com. Take that 30 second quiz. It'll give you an action step because I believe, I I just posted this on my Facebook today. You can't do everything, but you can do something. Right. Today, you can do something to get unstuck. And so go take the quiz. It'll give you one action step. And maybe your next action step after that is, is buy a copy of my brand new book of a brand new book called Start With Your People. It's about getting right with the people in our lives, especially who are in a job they hate. They haven't figured out a way to bring their wife into the conversation. Right. And how can you share your dreams with your wife? I would love to leave my job without her freaking out. <laughs> yes. Because my wife loves warm blankets and warm blankets look like checks, right? She loves having a check from a client that that she likes having a bank account that's filled so if something happens in the next couple months we're good right she likes having a savings account with some extra in there probably likes and, electricity uh, water those kind of things all that <laughs> and and so many of us are dreaming on our spouse like we're throwing up our dreams on top of them instead of dreaming with them so there's a whole chapter on that and start with your people and and guys especially i mean that's kind of my mission right now is like help guys especially faith-based guys to step up in their home to lead their family well to love their wife well and that inc- that that means sharing the dream but doing it in a way that doesn't completely freak her out and so i have some scripts in the book of how to do that because listen i'm the biggest offender like i have messed that up more times than i've succeeded but when we bring our spouse with us, she goes from being your kryptonite of your dreams to your superpower. And it's really, really powerful. And next week, we're going to have Julie on, and she's going to tell us how badly he's messed that up. <laughs> and- Listen, man, you can't write a book called Start With Your People without having to start with your people. Like, I have had to live this message. So, so you know, one one little tip real quick as we're, as we're wrapping up is to ask your wife, what can I do to make your day today? And every day for since I started writing the manuscript almost two years ago, I've asked her that question and she doesn't even notice it anymore, right? Like, hey, what can I do to make your day? And it's something as simple as, you know, hey, when you get off that podcast interview, can you do these two things? No problem. I got it. You know, just making sure that we're checking in with our people. It it makes a big difference. It really does. And it's one of those simple things that if you can get that partner on your page, because too many of us, and and we're a lot like you, we have that entrepreneurial spirit or that innovative spirit. We're like, you know, I'm moving to Tibet tomorrow and we're going to start a bicycle business. And your wife looks at you like, no, I don't want to do that. That's not me. Like This never came up ever. (laughs) And and she's probably not wired like you are. So we have to bring them along in a different way that they don't think we're just going to sell the farm and move around the world. And so having that that script available of here's some tips, here's how to start that conversation, but out serving her too. That's I, I'm yes. I'm a big proponent of guys figuring this out, asking her what she needs you to do. Hey, will you pick up the medicine at the pharmacy or will you drop the dog off here or whatever? Those little bitty things to us are huge to them. And that can That's get right. you a lot of points and credibility. Then you can have the conversation 
and she's not as freaked out about that. So I, I love that. I highly recommend the book. Go check out the website. You can order the books everywhere books are sold. When does the book come out? It may already be out by the time this airs. It's, but it's out. You know, we're recording out. this like three days before launch. So by the time you guys listen to this, cool. it's it's already out. I recorded the audio version. So many of you are obviously podcast listeners. You're or audio people. So it's on Audible. Uh, so, and the book is called Start With Your People because that's where we start. If you want to figure out your purpose, you want to figure out how to make more profit, you want to figure out your daily practice, like what's my daily routine, don't start with those three things. Start with your people first. When we put people first, people are our purpose. Serving people well, helping them get unstuck is our purpose. And when we live out that purpose, we get paid, right? People pay us to help them get unstuck. It's amazing how that works. You make more money than ever before. You make more money than ever before if you if you learn to start with people and put them first. And to prove that theory out, just look at what you're doing right now. You're you're working for somebody's paying you, but they're paying you for their purpose, not your purpose. Okay. Oh yeah. So okay. this this is basically just changing that around where you're working for your purpose, not somebody else's. While That's helping right. them with their purpose, kind of. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. Hopefully we didn't just screw that up. <laughs> you guys are awesome. This well, has been fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. If you like everything you heard in this episode, check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 192. There you'll find links to briandixon.com and his Instagram, his Twitter, you name it. Wherever he is on social media, we're going to link it there. But we're also going to include a link to his book on Amazon. That is the new book, Start With Your People. And that's the book that he mentioned in this episode. It just launched. It's going to help you find that clarity. And then if you need more clarity, go check out his show. So we're so glad that you joined us this week. And the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. So go ahead and do that. Share this episode with somebody. Help them get their own lives out of the rut. Until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. Well, we did a little bit of research, you know, on you to kind of know what's going on and and who we're talking to. And I didn't realize that you were a judge in Ottawa, Canada. I mean, I I think it's pretty impressive. But as I was looking through, you know, in 1973, you were appointed to the Supreme Court of Canada, which seems like you were pretty young, I would imagine. Pretty big deal, right? (laughs) I love to Google people's names and go, I guess that's why I'm in charge of research before this. This is what he comes up with. And then I actually find the real Brian Dixon. Well, we had one we Googled and uh, somebody by the same name had been arrested like this weekend on child porn uh, charges or whatever. And I'm like, this isn't the guy, is it? And he goes, no, not at all. That's not at all the guy. (laughs) Read the file I sent you, man. (laughs) Like, It's on Evernote. You know, the best thing I love about Capshow is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Capshowian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.